Tonight's podcast is brought to you by sunscreen, because you're sure going to need that when our ozone's gone. Cancer is serious, guys. Hi, my name is Alex Laskin. I'm Kate McDonald. And I'm Ian Patton. And welcome back to Climate Change. An irreversible gaseous exchange. Making this podcast, our intent was to tie our knowledge of climate change and the cross-cutting concepts that we gained from our books with other fields of science, including weather abnormalities, in order to develop a better scientific understanding of the world that we live in. Additionally, through our reading of these books, we began to understand that in many ways our books connected to current and historical events. So without further ado, let's learn a little bit about these texts. The book I chose to read for this project is called Storms of My Grandchildren. The author, James E. Hansen, explains how the problem of global warming and climate change is perceived and attempted to be solved around the United States government and other governments around the world. Throughout the book, it explains different proposals and the rising climate issues. It also explains how important it is to solve these issues because of the rising sea levels and consequences due to increasing global temperatures from the greenhouse effect. The book I read was Six Degrees, Our Life on a Hotter Planet by Mark Linus. In Six Degrees, Linus explains how global warming has become accepted as imminent, and how this acceptance has caused us to disregard the negative effects of climate change. In hopes of alerting society to the dangers associated with climate change, Linus describes the effects on the planet that climate change equivalent to a global temperature rise of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6 degrees will have. Through countless statistics and descriptions of studies, Mark Linus emphasizes the fact that climate change cannot be taken lightly, and that action must be taken to combat this change in global temperatures. I read Falter, Has the Human Game Begun to Play Itself Out? by Bill McKibben. He explains how climate change, among other things, may be bringing humanity closer to extinction. He defines the human game as our existence as it is now. For the human game to continue, he says that we must remain human and alive. He splits the book into multiple sections, detailing the earth as it is now, what we have to lose, and what chance we have, all while discussing the past and present through real-world statistics and references. He also details what future we may be looking forward to if we continue not to act. His book seems to be structured as a call to action. While reading our books, we look for many cross-cutting concepts. These cross-cutting concepts would help us identify what's truly important in each of our books and what the author wants us to take away after reading the books. The first cross-cutting concept that we looked for in our books was patterns. A pattern is the repeated or regular way in which something happens or is done And an example of a pattern would be the nitrogen and phosphorus cycles, which are repeated occurrences in our environment. The second cross-cutting concept that we looked for in our books was cause and effect. The cross-cutting concept of cause and effect is found in a relationship when something happens that makes something else happen. For example, a rise in global temperatures may cause severe drought and loss of life. Next, we looked for the cross-cutting concept of scale, proportion, and quantity. The cross-cutting concept of scale, proportion, and quantity describes how much and how many, and this cross-cutting concept is often found when statistics are presented. After that, we looked for the cross-cutting concept of systems and system models, which describe how biotic and abiotic organisms interact with one another in the environment. For example, in the Mojave Desert, biotic and abiotic organisms interact with one another in order to survive the unforgiven conditions. The next cross-cutting concept that we looked for was energy and matter, which focuses on how energy and matter move into and out of systems. This cross-cutting concept helps us understand the possibilities and limitations of systems.
An example of energy would be thermal energy, which comes from the sun's rays. Another cross-cutting concept that we looked for was structure and function, which is the way in which an object or living thing is shaped and how its structure determines many of its properties and functions. An example of structure and function would be the human body, which is a complex system with varying structures ranging from tissue to organ systems and functions ranging from waste removal to protection against disease. The final cross-cutting concept that we looked for in our books was stability and change. Stability and change focuses on how conditions of stability and indicators of rates of change or evolution are critical to systems. For example, a dam may be at a constant level with steady quantities of water coming in and out, but this can change due to many factors. So another very important cross-cutting concept when it comes to climate change is energy and matter, specifically the acquisition and transfer of energy and the recycling and cycling of matter. In the carbon cycle, carbon is cycled through the biosphere, and the more carbon dioxide there is in the atmosphere, the more heat from the sun is trapped within the biosphere. It's not just carbon, though, that's cycled through the biosphere. There are a lot of other cycles that take place to keep everything on this planet alive. So if, Alex, do you want to talk more about that? The cross-cutting concept of energy and matter was also found in my book, for example, on page 97, where the author described how the whole food web would shift as temperatures rise and as sea ice diminishes. And the author also touched on the fact that it wouldn't just be one level of the food web that would be affected, it would be all of them. And this shift in the food web will cause a shift in how energy is transferred between the animals. And this obviously relates back to cause and effect, because if one animal dies, another animal loses their food source. Yeah, I found a lot of energy and matter examples in my book. One, however, was on page 13. This quote is talking about the Pliocene era where the climate changed drastically and it had a lot of negative impacts on the earth. So the quote was, Pliocene warmth caused sea levels to be about 25 meters, 80 feet higher than they are today. This clearly shows that the energy, the heat energy that was trapped in the earth caused detrimental effects such as rising sea levels and that negatively affected the earth. Bill McKibben talked quite a lot about energy and matter and how it relates to climate change. Specifically, on page 73, he talks about the properties of carbon dioxide and info about heating of the Earth. He specifically quotes Bill McKibben saying that carbon dioxide has a strange property. It transmits visible light, but it absorbs the infrared radiation which is emitted from the Earth. This eventually has the effect, if there is enough carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, to hold excess heat in, resulting in an on average higher global temperature. Another really important cross-cutting concept we found across our books was stability and change. This is something's ability to switch form and or function. Stability and change was also a cross-cutting concept in my book. Um, for example, on page 41, where the author describes how many lake beds in Africa, which were large millions of years ago, have now dried up and are now homes for other animals. Um, this describes the cross-cutting concept of stability and change because these lake beds switch functions because originally they were sources of water, but now they provide homes for animals that need to burrow to avoid the heat of deserts and other hot environments. There was a lot of stability and change in my book. One specific part of it was on page 157, where it said the Earth's temperature changed about 14 degrees Celsius between 15 million years ago and the recent ice ages. 14 degrees Celsius is a lot. 
I've found throughout my book that just a tiny, tiny little change, like one degree in temperature change, can make a huge drastic impact on the environment. So it's clearly this change in the environment isn't quite a good thing. In my book, stability and change didn't come up very often. However, on page 127, he did mention that one more burst of carbon could break the planet. And this speaks to the stability and change of the biosphere as a whole. Everything has a relatively low degree of stability because of how much carbon dioxide is in the atmosphere, our temperature could rise significantly, the global average temperature. And that could change almost everything about life as we know it. Um, so in our book, we found three common cross-cutting concepts throughout. Um, the first one we found was cause and effect. Kate, do you want to talk at all as to how cause and effect played a role in your book? Yeah, um, I... In my book, on page 164, I found a quote that said, Continued growth of atmospheric carbon dioxide will surely will result in an ice-free end-of-summer Arctic within several decades with detrimental effects on wildlife and indigenous people. So clearly the effect is the detrimental effects on wildlife and, peop- and human beings. And the cause of this is the growth of atmospheric carbon dioxide that creates a greenhouse effect. Ian, did you find any uh, cause and effect in your book? Uh, yeah, there was actually quite a lot of cause and effect, but the main example I found was when they were talking about the warming of the oceans due to carbon dioxide levels, specifically mm-hmm. that this would in the Arctic, and this can take weight off land, which can trigger more common earthquakes. So there's a whole lot of cause and effect in there. The more carbon dioxide affects the heat of the planet. The heat of the planet affects specifically the heat of the oceans, that affects the ice, and that affects the frequency of earthquakes. Yeah, no, uh, on that topic of weather abnormalities, um, my book talked a lot about cause and effect, but it also really hit on how severe drought caused by climate change impacts um, the environment. So on page 45, um, Mark Linus, the author of my book, talked about how as the land surface heats up, it dries out because of faster evaporation. Um, this describes how rising global temperatures causes evaporation and causes, you know, drying up and droughts in many deserts, but and also throughout the world, as so many um, nations, so many people rely on water, and it's, these droughts have lasting impacts on them. Mm-hmm. As shown, our books display many examples of cause and effect relationships. Similarly to our books, There are currently many examples of cross-cutting concepts around us, and no topic may have as serious effects as climate change does. Climate change is truly damaging to the world and is becoming more apparent in many U.S. states. Clearly, the issue of climate change is discussed in all of our books, and currently this topic has divided the nation, with some people even refusing to believe the damaging effects of climate change, even though there is so much evidence to prove how damaging climate change truly is. The harmful impacts of climate change are further emphasized in a 2019 Channel 4 News report in Rhode Island. Matt, Rhode Island is the smallest American state, but one of those feeling the biggest impacts of climate change. It was the first U.S. state on the mainland to experience temperatures rising above two degrees, that critical threshold that scientists keep warning us about. That means rising sea levels and warmer waters. And yes, coastal erosion does happen all the time, but this beach here is disappearing fast. 
These rising sea levels cannot be taken lightly. The impacts of rising sea levels are further described in a June 2018 report by The National, the flagship nightly news and current affairs program for Canada's public broadcaster, CBC. Another issue currently facing the world is severe habitat loss and mass extinction. Habitat loss caused by weather abnormalities is explained in all of our books, and this habitat loss impacts many animals, putting them on the brink of extinction. Not only does habitat loss create issues for endangered animals, but it also impacts other species that rely on these animals for a food source. I mean, I think another thing that must be noted was uh, the effects of climate change on wildlife. Um, because for all of these animals, um, who, have, for example, for these monkeys that are used to living up high in, you know, like mountains or something, or in places with ice, like polar bears, for example, they will have to relocate, right? Or for, if they don't adapt, they will go extinct. And I think that's pretty old. Historically, there have been many damaging events related to weather abnormalities and climate change, and hurricanes are a prime example. On page 68 of Six Degrees by Mark Linus, Linus describes the dangers and impacts of hurricanes. Using the cross-cutting concepts of cause and effect and scale, proportion, and quantity, Linus describes how hurricanes in 2005 killed 1,000 people, left a million homeless, and caused $200 billion in damage. These hurricanes are nothing new, however. The increase in hurricane frequency has a lot to do with multiple cross-cutting concepts. The main one would probably be cause and effect. Just the added deforestation and carbon emissions increase the amount of carbon dioxide in the air that makes the greenhouse effect more strong, and that heats the oceans, more evaporated water in the air, more hurricanes. But it also has some to do with energy and matter, obviously, because it has to do with heat. Heat is a form of energy, and matter, carbon dioxide is matter. Don't have to go into too much detail there. The deadliest hurricane in U.S. history happened in the year 1900, known globally as the Great Galveston Hurricane, but known locally as just the Great Storm of 1900. Although the year 1900 seems a relatively long time ago, if it's in the history of the United States specifically, we were founded in 1776, so that's over 300 years. In the last 100 years, we've had the most deadly natural disaster and the frequency of hurricanes has increased since then so we're trending more dangerous and higher frequency of hurricanes as we progress worldwide wow that was a lot to unpack but that about wraps us up for tonight make sure to tune in next time for more information about the seven wondrous cross-cutting concepts and climate change and remember this was climate change an irreversible gaseous exchange cure the outro music